Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast. Flattery, huh? That's what you're doing there? Saying my name? Everyone's favorite sound is the sound of their own name or the sound of their family's names, their children's names. That's, that's a proven fact in psychology. And you know what? She does it at the beginning of every episode, and it works every time. I am William Clear. This is Pop Talk and Aliens, and it is a podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the newly released 2022 annual report on unidentified aerial phenomena from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Now, as I talked about in an episode uh, a couple of months ago, this uh, report is something that was stuffed into one of the COVID relief packages a few years ago. Uh, the Congress demanded that the Pentagon start reporting more transparently on UFOs. And last year, or in 2021, I should say, they released their preliminary assessment, which was their first report of what are to be annual reports on UFOs, which basically said nothing. It just said, you know, we've got the, this number of sightings. It was 100 and something. And uh, we'll get into the exact numbers as we go through the current report. Uh, but it was only like, it was like six pages, and it just basically said, Got a bunch of sightings. We're trying to figure out how to get it done. We're going to come up with a structure and everything. And, and, and there you go. And then later in 2022, Congress decided that they wanted to establish their own Office of UFO Information, UAP, that could coordinate communications with the Pentagon to make it easier for them. And when that happened in July, the Pentagon decided that they would create their own office of UFOs, which they, they didn't have to put into a bill. Like Congress had to put this into a bill and get it passed. And it was a big fly, flag flying uh, event for, for UFO people, but not really because then the Department of Defense uh, announced the establishment of what they call the All Domain Anomaly Research Office, AARO, which works in tandem with the ODNI, Office of the Director of National Intelligence, on UAPs. And that basically kind of, they were able to put like a firewall between them and Congress so that they could just keep sort of lock and key on the UAP stuff and then just disseminate that to Congress in their annual reports, which they were long overdue on because it was supposed to be turned in on Halloween, uh, but it just came in a few days ago. We're in January of 2023 now. And they finally, finally came through with it, the unclassified version. There is also a classified version, obviously, that uh, we do not have access to. But I'm going to take you through the classified, the unclassified version on this podcast. Now, again, going back to the episode I did a couple months ago, all of this was already leaked. It was leaked to the New York Times. But there are some differences, at least in the unclassified version that I'm going to read through with you. And what the New York Times whistleblower leaker moles reported because they said that there were uh, like Chinese military drones that had been identified as, you know, some of these UAPs that we've seen were actually Chinese military drones. And that's that's kind of frightening. Um, in the unclassified document, there there's no mention of Chinese drones or any other such threat so to speak. And again, uh, I'll get into it with you because it is a whopping 12 pages. 
And that includes the uh, table of contents and the appendixes. So uh, I'm actually going to kind of just read it to you. And speaking of people reading things to you, Pop Talk and Aliens, this podcast, is brought to you in part by Audible. And Audible is the world's leading provider of audiobooks. So if you want something read to you, go to audibletrial.com slash poptalkinaliens and you can get a 30-day free trial of Audible with a free audiobook. They have over 200,000 titles. They have original material. All the podcasts, they have uh, things that are, they're almost like radio dramas, uh, like but like, you know, in 21st century production value. There's uh, my favorite game right now for like the last year has been Far Cry 6. I love the story. I love the gameplay. I love the open world, all that shit. And they actually have a, a book, an audio book, exclusive to Audible coming out in February of a prequel to Far Cry 6 with all of the voice talent from the actual video game, including the inimitable Giancarlo Esposito, otherwise known as uh, Gus Frink, otherwise known as Moff Gideon, otherwise known as uh, the guy from Kaleidoscope, a show on Netflix that you watch out of order. I actually like that show. Some people didn't, some people did. I don't know. I liked it. I'm easily entertained. What can I say? A fucking mindless consumer. So I've been told by people on the internet. Anyway, uh, audibletrial.com slash aliens. Try Audible. You can download books to your device, to your phone, to your laptop, to your uh, tablet, to your Alexa. It works with everything. It's fantastic. And uh, it is available to try out for free for 30 days. And if you'd like to uh, keep up with the show, keep in touch with us at Pop Talkin' Aliens on Instagram. You get everything there and at poptalkinaliens.com. That is our official website with links to all the places you can hear the show, which you don't need because here you are, right? So there we go. All right, let's talk about this UFO report. I've already set the stage. They were late. Uh, I talked about it in, in an earlier episode. If you want to check that out, there's more detail about the leak from the New York Times. But the unclassified report is now here. And so I am, well, basically gonna gonna read it to you. Uh, I'll skip around. I've read through it a few times, so I've worked out sort of you know where the uh, where the big moments are, where where the big uh, sexy stuff is. And there's one thing I want to say before, and I'll probably emphasize this again at the end because I tend to repeat myself, and it's something I kind of said on the last show. But you know, there were there were some downtrodden people in the UFO community when uh, the leaks came out because the leaks made it sound like, you know, oh, they've explained everything. And, uh, you know, not only is it not UFOs, but it's actually very nefarious uh, stuff from other governments, the spy stuff, drones, uh, you know, possibly even hostile aerial phenomenon that, uh, you know, could be dangerous to us. You know, and then there were people like Jeremy Corbell who... I like Corbell. I like Jeremy Corbell. But there is something to be said for people who say to him when he comes out and he's like, I don't worry about what that report says. Just wait till next year, you know, and keep an eye on my website and follow my Instagram and do all the stuff. And there's some people that are starting to believe that he is some sort of grifter. I'm not ready to say that. I, I like what he does, um, and I particularly respect and like George Knapp. And I think, you know, the fact that George Knapp is so closely associated with Jeremy Corbell 
makes me think that, you know, if Jeremy Corbell's doing a good job of salesmanship, I don't really have a problem with that. I don't, I don't, but I don't think he's just making shit up and, and, and grifting on people. A lot of these things that have come out, the government's hand has been forced into talking about because of people like Jeremy Corbell and uh, Tom DeLong from Blink-182 unearthing shit, and George Knapp, of course, unearthing stuff and making it to the point where the government has to talk about it. And, uh, you know, this is one of the, these cases. These reports are being required to be delivered to Congress because of the fact that so many videos came out that the Pentagon had to say, no, these are real. We have been looking at this stuff. We do have, you know, people dedicated to the study of unidentified aerial phenomena with, yes, it's true. And so Congress was like, well, what the fuck then? You got to start reporting on it. And they said, okay, we will. Here's your first report. It's, it's a it's a bunch of nonsense. And now here's your second report. It's it's 12 pages, at least the unclassified version. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, unclassified from the office of the Director of National Intelligence, the 2022 annual report on unidentified aerial phenomena. That is page one of 12. Yeah, we're already we're already through uh, one page, the cover page that counts. They count it. And uh, here's the juiciest page. The table of contents. Uh, we got executive summary, scope, and assumptions. Both of those take up one page, page three. Page four is taken up by governmental changes to manage UAP issues. Page five is taken up by, and this is this is the table of contents. This is what the table of contents says. So you could basically read the table of contents and almost have all the information. For page five, it says, and I quote, Continued reporting and robust analysis are providing better fidelity on UAP events, but many cases remain unresolved. UAP reporting, partnerships, and collaboration. That's all listed on the table of contents for page five. And when when we get to page five itself, it doesn't say much more than that on the page itself. Page six flight safety concerns, and health implications. That's interesting because we've talked on this show about uh, pilots getting sick from UFOs, so let's, let's see what they're going to have to say about that. How are they going to explain that one away with Chinese drones? We'll see. I already know. Uh, and then for 7, 8, 9, and 10, their appendix. Appendix A, appendix B, and then an index. Summary and way ahead. That's actually what it's called. That doesn't seem grammatically correct to me. Summary and way ahead. I would think summary and away ahead. Like a way. I don't know. Whatever. They can they can write what they want. They, they're, they're clearly... They don't... This is... We're, getting, we're venturing into opinion territory. I don't think they really care about this shit. I mean, I think they do on their own. But I don't think they care about reporting it. I think the reports are just like, it has to be done, get something turned in, turn it in late if you have to, and then, you know, where these leaks are coming into the New York Times, I, I don't know. Are there, are, is it the same people that are reporting it to Congress that are just deciding to leak it first, or are there other people within the government who are getting a hold of it, and they're leaking it, and do, are the leaks, you know, apples to apples with what's in the actual 
reports or are the leaks embellished or is it a game of telephone? Uh, if you're older and you know what the game telephone is, it's you whisper something to someone and then they whisper something to the next person and you get like five, six, seven people down the line and then the last person says out loud what it is and it's like a lot different than it was to begin with. So anyway, the executive summary onto page three already. We're 25% through this goddamn thing. Unidentified aerial phenomena reporting is increasing, enabling a greater awareness of the airspace and increased opportunity to resolve UAP events. In addition to the 144 UAP reports covered during the 17 years of UAP reporting included in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence preliminary assessment, there have been 247 new reports and another 119 that were either since discovered or reported after the preliminary assessment's time period. This totals 510 UAP reports as of 30th August 2022. Additional information is provided in the classified version of this report. Let me unpack that because there actually is a lot in there. Uh, so basically what that's saying is the initial uh, preliminary assessment report that was delivered in 2021 had 144 UAP reports that were taken over the course of 17 years. Now, in the 17 months since then, they've had 247 new reports. And then there's another 119 that were discovered after the preliminary report had already been turned in. So, over, so almost 400 new ones, now totaling 510. And the, two, the big chunk of them has only been in the last 17 months. So that's kind of a big deal because what these are sourcing, the reports these are sourcing, it, this isn't like Project Blue Book back in the 60s where they were you know, taking down civilian reports and stuff. The primary reports that they are looking at in this are from military personnel. So it is the cream of the crop in terms of people who are qualified to report this. And um, they have, have actually done a very good job of making it more and more destigmatized to report UFOs. They're, they're, you know, they're actively telling military people to please report UAP because it could be a, a, some sort of threat. And it's not, uh, you're not gonna, we're not going to tell you you're crazy and we're not just going to assume it's spacemen. You know, we're going to assume that it is not spacemen. Uh, at all times. We're always going to assume that. So don't worry about it. And now they're getting this influx of UFO sightings that are now finally being reported. I mean, the sightings have always been going on. We know that, but now they're being reported. And again, the, the military sightings, I say those are the most qualified because these are people, when you're talking about pilots, you know, when you're talking about uh, people that work in aerospace and everything, they understand maneuverability. They understand what things can and can't do. Uh, they understand what does and doesn't show up on radar, all that kind of stuff. You know, when you watch UFO documentaries, a lot of times they'll like, they'll say like, even policemen are unable to identify these crafts that are flying through the air. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, they're not trained in fucking distinguishing UFOs from normal things in the sky. They're cops. They're, they're policemen. They're firefighters. They're, they're, 
Like it doesn't, it's no more than like professional marketers are astounded by these things flying through the sky. Like, look, I mean, cops see a lot of crazy shit, you know, and, and they are, they're trained in law enforcement. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, doing a fucking defund the police thing here. I'm just saying that like, they're not trained in UFOs or aerospace dynamics or what kind of craft we have. But people that are high up in the Navy and people like, you know, Commander David Fravor, who saw the famous Tic Tac UFO, they are in the sky. They are doing all kinds of things and they've seen a bunch of shit. And like when they see something that's amiss, it's probably amiss. If, you know, a, a guy working the beat on a, on a city street sees some crazy shit flying through the sky that might be a satellite, he, he's not going to know any more than you or I. Okay. That's not his job. So just because someone is a professional something doesn't mean that they are qualified to, to uh, you know, be an authority on UFOs. So I, I think you know, you know what I'm talking about there. So I, I can stop on that. Anyway, that's where these 510 now UAP reports are. That's where the majority of them are coming from. Not from civilians, not from cops, uh, you know, not per, from restaurant owners or anything like that. So that's the first paragraph. Now, AARO, that's the uh, the new Pentagon office that they created to help shield them from having to have too much uh, interference from, from elected officials. AARO and ODNI assess that the observed increase in the UAP reporting rate is partially due to a better understanding of the possible threats that UAP may represent, either as safety of flight hazards or as potentially adversarial collection platforms and partially due to the reduced stigma surrounding UAP reporting, as I was just talking about. This increased reporting allows more opportunities to apply rigorous analysis and resolve events. Uh, now they're gonna brag a little bit about their uh, All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, AARO, We'll skip that paragraph because they, they just say that uh, that office allows them to uh, communicate very easily with the Department of Defense. And so now that they have these two departments, they can work to uh, corroborate information and use scientific methodology to determine what these things are and so forth. And then we get to the last paragraph of the page, which says, UAP events continue to occur in restricted or sensitive airspace highlighting possible concerns for safety of flight or adversary collection activity. We continue to assess this. May result from a collection bias due to the number of active aircraft and sensors combined with focused attention and guidance to report anomalies. AARO, in conjunction with NIM Aviation and the IC, the IC is the uh, intelligence community, and uh, NIM Aviation is the National Intelligence Manager for Aviation. There's so many acronyms and organizations. So the, the, the intelligence community, that's important, right? ARO is important. There you go. UAPs are important. AARO, in conjunction with NIM Aviation and the IC, will continue to investigate any evidence of possible foreign government involvement in UAP events. So... That is the executive summary. That, that is probably the most that they write in terms of uh, you know, actual information in this thing. 
And nowhere in there do they determine that anything is a foreign government involvement or a foreign government threat. They merely talk about how they investigate that, and that is of primary concern, which it should be, as well as aliens, which are not mentioned. I promise you I would not have left that out. On to page four, scope and assumptions. This annual report is provided by ODNI in response to a requirement established in Section 1683 of the National Defense Authorizational Act for the fiscal year 2022, and so so on and so forth. Uh, If you would like to read this whole thing for yourself and you want to read all the acronyms and and this boring stuff, it's at dni.gov. But I promise you, that uh, I mean, I, I have no, I, it, it, I don't, I don't lose anything if you go read it. So I don't need to be defensive about it. But I, I think I'm giving you the meat and the potatoes and the salad and uh, a glass that's full of your, whatever your favorite beverage is and a little bit of dessert. And I don't think you'd need to go read that unless you're like, you know, way into this kind of stuff. So uh, scope and assumptions talks about why this report exists, which I've talked about at the beginning of the, of the show. And then uh, I'm just going to give you a little bit of the, uh, of the assumptions part, because that's kind of important. Multiple factors affect the observation or detection of UAP, such as weather illumination, atmospheric effects, or the accurate interpretation of sensor data. Regarding review or analysis of UAP events, ODNI and AARO operate under the assumption that UAP reports are derived from the observer's accurate recollection of the events and or, and or? They talk about, sorry, and slash or. I tend to just see and or everywhere. Uh, Yeah, sorry about that. AARO and the ODNI operate under the assumption that UAP reports are derived from the observer's accurate recollection of the event and slash or sensors that generally operate correctly and capture enough real data to allow initial assessments. However, ODNI and AARO acknowledge that a select number of UAP incidents may be attributable to sensor irregularities or variances such as operator or equipment error. A footnote, the fiscal year 2022 NDAA, I believe that's the uh, preliminary assessment, expands the definition of UAP to include air, sea, and transmedium objects. And this report maintains that nomenclature during this transition phase and stand up of AARO. Uh, page five, governmental changes to manage UAP issues. Now here again is the uh, the Pentagon just justifying the fact that they created their own little office. Uh, AARO has the authority to coordinate UAP efforts beyond the Department of Defense and is authorized to develop processes and procedures to synchronize and standardize collection, reporting and analysis, not just through DOD, but the intelligence community as well with the support and cooperation of NIM Aviation. AARO, this is important, will coordinate with non-intelligence community agencies such as the FAA, NASA. We know that NASA's in on this a little bit too. They get to investigate some of this stuff. 
uh, and non-IC elements of the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Energy as appropriate. This broad scope of authority granted to AARO by the by the Pentagon, not by, again, not by anybody that you have elected, should enable them to leverage a multi-agency, whole-of-government approach to understanding, resolving, and attributing UAP in the future. All right, so you're, you're wondering, do they get to the sightings, Bill, or do they just talk about uh, themselves the whole time like they did in the preliminary assessment? Uh, they get to the sightings. They get to it on page six. You got to wait till episode six of the uh, annual UAP report of 2022 to get to the goods. So here we go. Continued reporting and robust analysis are providing better fidelity on UAP events. But, and here, here, here's, here's the, good, the good stuff right here. Many cases remain unsolved. UAP reporting. The ODNI preliminary assessment of UAP discussed 144 UAP reports and had an information cutoff date of 05 March 2021. Since then, AARO received a total of 247 new UAP reports, an additional 119 UAP reports on events that occurred before 05 March 2021, but were not included in the preliminary assessment, have been discovered or reported after the preliminary assessment's time period. These 366 additional reports, when combined with the 144 reports identified in the preliminary assessment, bring the total UAP reports cataloged to date to 510. Since its establishment in July 2022, AARO has formulated and started to leverage a robust analytic process against identifying UAP reporting. Once completed, AARO's final analytic findings will be available in the quarterly reports to policymakers. AARO's initial analysis and characterization of the 366 newly identified reports informed by a multi-agency process, judged more than half as exhibiting unremarkable characteristics. Unremarkable characteristics. So, of the 366 newly identified reports, more than half judged as unremarkable. Unremarkable means that, uh, you know, not nefarious not UFOs, I mean, you know, meaning space aliens, not uh, Chinese drones, whatever. 26 were characterized as UAS, Unmanned Aircraft System, or UAS-like entities. No further explanation. 26 Unmanned Aircraft System or Unmanned Aircraft System-like. No further, no further explanation. Next, 163 characterized as, say it with me, balloons and or balloon-like entities. And finally, six attributed to clutter with a footnote. Clutter? Yes, e.g. birds, weather events, or airborne debris like plastic bags. Yes, plastic bags and or birds uh, account for six of these fucking things out of the 366 newly identified UAP reports. 
plastic bags, like in the in that movie. The, remember the remember that crazy plastic bag in uh, what is it? American Me, American Psycho, American Pie Three, American Tale, Five Goes West. What's that movie called? Amer- American Triangle. I don't remember. It's American something. It has Kevin Spacey in it, and Tara Reid. No, Tara Reid's in American Pie. I don't. I, <laughs> I honestly can't remember. Remember Kevin Spacey? I, I, I know what he's up to now, but before we knew that, he like uh, quits his job and works at McDonald's, and there's a guy who talks about a plastic bag. Well, there you go. That plastic bag has been identified uh, by someone as a UFO, and, and it was proven to be false. And again, 163 characterized as balloons or balloon-like entities. So further confirming that the most common thing in the sky on the planet Earth are balloons. Not clouds, not air, not wind, not rain when it's raining. Balloons at all times, in all weather conditions, night and day, 24-7. The sky is fucking filled with balloons. We should just call this, uh, we should just literally call it like uh, the land of balloons. We have the ground and the land of balloons. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm stop with the balloons. But, you know, 163. Initial, let's just get back to it. I, I, the, the balloons piss me off. I know. We've been through it before. If, if you've listened to this show, you've heard it before. And if you've never listened to this show, you don't know why I'm losing my shit right now. Because so many of these are categorized as balloons. But you know what? Let me take the other side of it for once. For a change. Let me tell you a little story. There was, uh, years ago, there was this wedding and, uh, this young couple, they really wanted to do it up nice. This is a true story. And, uh, they, uh, they had some of those Chinese, like versions of those Chinese lanterns that you float down the river. Uh, I believe they're Chinese. They could be Japanese. It doesn't really matter what they were. It took place in America. So let's just say that they were lanterns, but they were very lightweight and they were made of like this, you know, like paper mache type, very lightweight material. And they floated them down this little river stream that they were getting married on. And then this really big gust of wind came up and it kicked a bunch of these things up into the sky. And they were so lightweight that they just kind of floated away. And, and they, were, they were illuminated. And for the next several days, that I don't remember where it happened, but that local... Uh, you know, sheriff's department or whatever it was, the local authorities will say were inundated with UFO reports to the point where it was in the newspaper and this couple actually saw the story and called the paper and said, yeah, um, those were like just things for our wedding. Those were just like decorations. They were supposed to float down this little river stream, but they got caught up in the, in the wind and maybe hit some sort of tailwind or whatever, but it was at night. And, you know, if you look up in the sky at night, it's very hard to judge distance. So you, if something is illuminated and, you know, moving in a weird way, it's, it's hard to tell what it is. I was once at a minor league baseball game, like years ago in San Jose, and some guy, they were doing a fireworks show after the game. And, and I don't know if this was, the, I think this is the fireworks people, but they, they had a drone up in the sky, like during the seventh inning stretch, but it was like, it was in the distance and I couldn't tell what it was at first. And I, and I started to get all, all excited because I thought it was a UFO. 
And I was going to, I was like, I started to have all these fantasies about like, oh my God, like there, there's like, you know, it's a small park, but there's like, you know, 6,000 people here or something like that. They're all going to see a UFO. It's going to be a mass sighting. It's going to be crazy. And then, uh, then the, it got closer and closer and then it like flew over the field and uh, it was a drone. And I think they were doing some sort of like weather testing for the fireworks. And instead of using a fucking balloon, this cheap minor league team sprung for a, a drone to do that. Um, but, you know, either way, I, I still was hoping it was going to be a spaceship, but it was not a spaceship. It was a drone. It was not a weather balloon either. But, uh, yeah, the, the point is with the, with the couple and the lanterns floating away is that, yeah, I mean, that would probably be classified as balloon-like entity. And so it would fall under the 163 characterizes that. Even though, again, these, these are not civilian reports that they're looking at right now. They're just looking at military stuff. And uh, so there we go. 26 unmanned aircrafts, drones, maybe Chinese evil drones. We don't know. They don't say. They kind of allude to no in the earlier part. 163 balloons, six bags, birds, clutter, horse shit flying through the air, whatever it is. It's what it is. It's clutter. Don't worry about it. And uh, they go on to say, initial, char initial characterization does not mean positively resolved or unidentified. This initial characterization better enables ARO and ODNI to effectively and efficiently leverage resources against the remaining 171 uncharacterized and unattributed UFO UAP reports. It, it says UAP. I just tend to see uh, UFO. Uh, some of these uncharacterized UAP appear to have demonstrated unusual flight characteristics or performance capabilities and require further analysis. So there's your 171 uh, gold nuggets, undiscovered, un uncharacterized as of yet. And the key two words in there to me are performance capabilities. Unusual flight characteristics and and performance capabilities. Unusual flight characteristics could be anything. Weird wobbling, stuff like that. Performance capabilities reminds me of what we've heard. Um, pilots that have actually seen these things that say, you know, or even on radar where they can see no, no plume of smoke, no propulsion uh, system of any kind, where they just cannot figure out how these things are performing, like how they are capable of doing what they're doing, hence performance capabilities. So, still have 171 of these. You only got to be right once. The majority of new UAP reporting originates from U.S. Navy and U.S. Air Force aviators and operators who witnessed UAP during the course of their operational duties and reported the events to the UAPTF or AARO through official channels. Regardless of the collection or reporting method, Many reports lack enough detailed data to enable, attribute, uh, enable attribution of UAP with high certainty. So, uh, you know, that makes sense. Some, some, of the, some of the reports lack enough detailed data to enable attribution with high certainty. Also, uh, you know, if you want to get uh, just, if you want to be someone who doesn't accept anything, and uh, you get conspiratorial about it, you could say that that's their, uh, that's their loophole. 
That's their that's their out right there. It's like, well, there isn't enough detailed data on that one to uh, attribute with high certainty what that uh, report actually was. The the Tic Tac UFO, yeah, not enough detailed data. Can't really attribute that one, not with high certainty anyway. So I don't know, you know, or you can just take them at their word. That that's fine too. I I tend to think again that. I, I don't think they really care all that much about these reports. So they're just going to say, look, we found some, some balloons, some birds, plastic bags. Uh, some of them are unmanned. We're not going to get into too much detail about that. And, you know, if we can't figure some of them out, well, that's just because we don't have enough data. And, and those ones, we will write fuck off on them and file them as such. Which is not even a stretch, by the way, because there are UFO reports available on the CIA's website, I've told you about this before, but they literally say bogus in handwriting, handwritten diagonally across the entire page. They'll just say bogus. There'd be something about like some UFO flying around, it's bogus. Somebody just wrote that word on it in, in pen, scanned it, and it's, you know, uh, Freedom of Information Act, we get the bogus report, and it says bogus right on it. All right, so there we go. Now we're all the way to the summary. We're summarizing already? Yeah, we're summarizing already. Summary and way ahead. UAP continue to represent a hazard to flight safety and pose a possible adversary collection threat. Since the publication of the ODNI preliminary assessment in June 2021, UAP reporting has increased partially due to a concentrated effort to destigmatize the topic of UAP and instead recognize the potential risks that it poses as both a safety of flight hazard and potential adversarial activity. Whereas there were previously, again, they reiterate this, they, they don't bother you. Please, 12 pages, repeat yourself three times with every single point. Uh, Whereas there were previously 144 UAP reports covered during the 17 years of UAP reporting included in the preliminary assessment, there have been 247 more UAP reports during the 17 months since. So 17 years, 144. 17 months following, 247. Combine that with another 119 reports either discovered or reported late that fell within the original 17-year period but were not included in the preliminary assessment for a total of 510. Thank you very much. Thank you for, again, pointing that out. That is literally the third fucking time and we are on page eight. I'm not gonna read you the appendixes. You don't need, it doesn't matter. Again, you know, dni.gov if you wanna read like the fine print, but I've read the fine print a couple of times. There's nothing in there that illuminates anything that's in the actual report itself. Uh, then they go on to say that the ARO has been established as the focal point uh, for the Department of Defense for UAP. So the AARO is now the single focal point for all DOD UAP efforts, leading a whole-of-government approach to coordinate UAP collection, reporting, and analysis efforts throughout the DOD, the IC, and beyond to include other government agencies not in the IC as well as foreign allies and partners of the United States. Coordinated efforts between the DOD, the IC, and other government agencies to collect and report UAP events have resulted in increased data sets spanning multiple security domains. AARO, in coordination with the intelligence community, 
is focused on identifying solutions to manage and alleviate the resulting data problem, including the intake, indexing, visualization, and analysis of that data across multiple security domains. We are confident that continued multi-agency cooperative UAP prosecution activities will likely result in greater awareness of objects in and across the air, space, and maritime domains. Because remember, some of these UFOs have plunged into the ocean without splashing or anything. And there's, there, there's nothing really about that in this, uh, in this report. Except this here, they, they, they at least mention them. They get, they get a mention. Maritime domains, as well as the nature and origin of UAP in the future. The establishment of AARO and application of AARO's new analytic process to detailed reporting will increase resolution of UAP events. And to wrap it up, ODNI and AARO have maintained communication with our allied partners regarding UAP, keeping them informed of developments and U.S. initiatives. The DOD and IC enterprises are working collaboratively to report, identify, and resolve UAP events. Agencies across the intelligence community have established standard operating procedures that will streamline UAP resolution. For example, AARO's analytic methodology requires a whole-of-government approach. That is, what is that, the fourth fucking time they've used that stupid thing? To resolving UAP events to include analysis and science and technology specialists to help resolve UAP events. Flight safety concerns and health implications. Here we go. UAP poses safety of flight and collision hazard to air assets, potentially requiring aircraft operators to adjust flight patterns in response to their unauthorized presence in the airspace, operating outside of air traffic control standards and instruction. To date, there have been no reported collisions between U.S. and aircraft and UAP. Regarding health concerns, there have also been no encounters with UAP confirmed to contribute directly to adverse health-related effects which is uh, contrary to what we have heard the many, many reports from military people that they have gotten sick from being around a UAP. Uh, so that, that is not in at least the unclassified edition. All they say is this last sentence, which you can feel free to interpret exactly as written or perhaps read between the lines or neither. It's up to you. Acknowledging that health-related effects may appear at any time after an event occurs, AARO will track any reported health implications related to UAP should they emerge. So are they saying in that, acknowledging that health-related effects may appear at any time after an event occurs, are they saying, yes, yes, health-related effects have appeared after an event has occurred, and then they go on to say, we'll track any reported health implications related to UAP should they emerge. So is it like a guy says, uh, yeah, I was uh, chasing this UFO, like you told me, I'm Navy pilot, and uh, I got burns on my back. And, you know, Luis Elizondo, right, who, who, who worked for uh, the uh, ATIP, has talked about these kinds of things. I, I talked about it on a previous podcast. He starts every single story about that with, you know, a guy called me and he said, hey, Lou, I got to tell you something, man. I was chasing this UFO. I got super close. And, you know, I got home and my skin was on fire. I had rashes, Lou. I, I got to tell you, Lou. He, was, it was, he says every story like that, so it's, I don't know. 
uh, some people talk like that. So I don't know. That could just be the way Luis Elizondo talks or he's just making shit up. I don't know. Some people think he's, that guy's just nothing but a disinformation artist. You know, who can you trust when you're talking about government conspiracies? And, and on this show, Pop Talk and Aliens, it's not Pop Talk and Conspiracies. It's Pop Talk and Aliens because that's really all I'm interested in when it comes into that arena. But nevertheless, if you walk into the, uh, the room that is ufology, you, you have to uh, negotiate and traffic in uh, conspiracies to some extent. And when that happens, it, you do start to look at, is, is this the truth? Is this worded weird? Is Luis Elizondo, you know, telling us the real truth behind things like this report? Or is he a, a disinformation artist that is there to get us all riled up about UFOs so that they can go do something else while we're all crazy about UFOs? I tend to think that that is not the case. So even though Luis Elizondo tells stories like he is spinning yarns, I, I tend to believe him. And here's why. Because in my opinion, take this for what it's worth, which is nothing, by the way, but it is worth your time and because you're listening. So I, I do want to give you consolidated, organized thoughts. Um, my, my thought on this stuff is, you know, those videos that came out, the Navy pilot videos, the Tic Tac, all, all that stuff, the gimbal, the go fast, which by the way, in the leak, they claim that those were identified as drones and stuff. This report says nothing about that. So uh, we'll, we will have to wait and see as to whether any further information comes out about the classified version of this. I don't know. I'll keep my eye on it, I promise. But uh, getting back to what I was saying, when those videos came out, when all of that stuff came out, the, the government didn't just start releasing it like out of nowhere, they didn't want to. They, that stuff was leaked out and then they had to fess up to the fact that yes, those were things that they saw, that they were things that they couldn't explain. That's when Congress said, well, we want in on this. We want, you know, we shouldn't be in the dark. And um, so the idea that, that like they are sort of putting on a show with these UFOs so that we can be distracted by that and, and, and not be paying attention to other things that they're doing. That to me doesn't really ring true because none of this stuff was supposed to get out and they were very hesitant and they took a lot of time to get to the point where they would actually say, okay, yes. And then once Congress did get it passed that they would have to tell them more about it and be more transparent with, you know, the government and the public, then they formed this fucking AARO thing so they can shield themselves more. So I don't really think that they actually want us running around talking about UFOs. I know that back in, in the day when they were creating the, the Blackbird and, and the, the spy plane, there's the old story that the CIA was more than happy for people to go UFO crazy because that would distract the Soviets from uh, knowing that we were creating all this stuff. I, I've said this before and I'll say it again now, I, you know, that may have been the case to some extent, or there may have been people in those organizations that thought that was a good idea. I, I think, uh, at least in terms of foreign governments, I don't, I don't think they're going to be so easily fooled by UFOs as to think, 
oh, that that's not like that's not anything that the U.S. is working on. That's uh, clearly uh, UFOs. You know, everyone's talking about them. So, like, let's just say you are China and let's say that the Tic Tac or the gimbal video or whatever, you see that and, and you hear the United States government say, we don't know what it is. And then people go crazy about UFOs and you don't know what it is being the Chinese government. You're, you're not just going to be like, oh, well, it, it's it's uh, probably space aliens because they don't know what it is. No, you're going to think they're saying they don't know what it is, but they totally know what it is. And they're going to use it to, to fucking blow us up or whatever. Like you're not going to be fooled by a UFO cover story. So I, I don't really see any valid purpose. Please comment on on Instagram. You know, hit me up. Let me know if you think I'm full of shit. I, I will also put this on YouTube. So, you know, leave leave your comments. Smash the like button. Please also subscribe. Even if you don't like this, you know, comment. Let me know. Uh, I've been called a lot of mean things on the internet. So if you disagree with me, I, 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 I'm, I'm fine with it. And, and you, if you want to be a dick about it, go ahead. If you think I'm right, I would love to hear about that too. If you subscribe to my theory that I don't think the government wants this stuff to be talked about in the public all the time. I don't think they like Tucker Carlson. You know, whether you like his politics or not, or you think he's a nutcase, or, I don't care. It doesn't matter. He talks about UFOs all the time. There's a lot of other, you know, Joe Rogan, very influential, talks about UFOs and stuff. Whatever you think about those people's politics, they're people that are that have the ear and eyes of a lot of people. And I don't think the government wants them talking about UFOs all the time. And I think that these reports are designed to soothe the mystery a little bit. And, you know, one of the best things you can do to distract a kid is give him a balloon. And it turns out one of the best things you can do to distract the public from wondering about UFOs is just give them a fucking balloon. That's what we got. Here's the good news. 171 still undiscovered. Here's some more good news, though. This is not in the report, but this is actually has been reported and is true. They are going to start expanding these reports to go back to include uh, UFO reports all the way back to 1945. 1945. So, you know, they got this uh, 200 plus reports in the, in the last 17 months. Now they got to go back and look at the oldies, the goodies, the good old stories. And if they're going back to 1945, that means they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to hit Roswell from 47. And you know that Roswell is my favorite story. Whether you listen to the show or not, you, you instinctively know that, or you know that because you've heard it before. Roswell is my favorite UFO story because it has all of it. It's got everything in it. It's got multiple cover-ups. It's got legitimate eyewitnesses. It's got crazy eyewitnesses. It's got people that claim that they were the, there that weren't. It's got, it's got the whole thing. But the best part about it is the government changed its story three times. And then the Air Force wrote a book in 1997, a book that they charged people for. They did not give this out. This was not included in your taxes. You had to go buy this at a bookstore back then. There wasn't even an Amazon. You had to go go get it. They published a book called Case Closed where they debunked everything Roswell with you know, some newly updated excuses and, uh, and reasons. And they called it Case Closed. And wouldn't it be wonderful if in 2023, they had to crack that case open again, if nothing else, just for the sake of, of, you know, 
being completionist in their report on UAP for next year and the years to come? Wouldn't it be great if they had to open that goddamn thing up again? And maybe there's a new wrinkle this time. Maybe there's like Roswell 4.0. What happened at Roswell version 4.0 from the U.S. government? We'll see. I don't know. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the 171 that they haven't reported. And you know what else I'm excited about, ladies and gentlemen? And this is very important. This is what I want you to take with you from this. UFO sightings by civilians and cops and ice cream shop owners and people that fix tires and everyone, everyone in between has been on the rise for the last several years, every single year. Now, granted, there's more drones, there's probably more balloons, and uh, you know, people were, we were in lockdown for a while, was, shit got crazy, maybe people bought more, more telescopes, or maybe they just got bored and, and started looking at the skies, or maybe people just were crazy from all the shit that's been going on, and think they see UFOs, you know, or, or they're getting drunk all the time, smoking weed, to pass the time during lockdown, but but you know it's not just that. It's like it's not like there there was a spike. Some people say during lockdown. I've never seen like an official report on that, but I I have seen articles saying that there was a spike in UFO sightings during the whole COVID lockdown thing. But putting that aside, you know we're a couple years away from that now, and it's still on the rise. And those aren't in these reports. That's not what these reports are are dealing with. These reports are, you know, safety of flight airspace, that kind of thing. That's what they're really looking at. So there are plenty of people seeing UFOs and, you know, AARO can only debunk so many of them. And there's still 171 that they got to go through right as of now. And I'm sure the reports keep piling in as I speak to you. So uh, if you are someone who wants to believe that UFOs are visiting the earth, continue. there's no reason for you to stop and you don't even need to put on a weird tinfoil hat and like read between the lines like I was doing and some of that stuff. You don't even need to do that to to continue to be enthusiastic about UFOs. You just need to look at how many unresolved reports there are and you can leave it at that and be happy with that. Or you can do that and do what I did and get all pissed off about this report and be all sarcastic about it the whole time that you read it and, uh, you know, then you, then, then you got two ways to keep your enthusiasm about UFOs. But if you like UFOs, if you're excited about it, stay excited about it. Don't, don't take this report as some debunking of everything. They figured out half of them, and most of them were balloons, as always. It's all right. There's a lot of balloons. We live on the ground, and then there's the, the balloon sky above us. I don't know, that, that's getting a little weird. But then again, we are talking about space aliens visiting Earth. So is it really that weird in context? I don't know, not so much. Anyway, uh, in future episodes of this show, I will, of course, keep tabs on this kind of thing for you. And uh, I'm going to tell you some, some other stories about UFOs. I'm actually going to go back all the way to 1945 and tell a story older than anything I've told on this podcast in the coming months. I don't, wanna, I don't like to say the next show will be this or the next show will be that because uh, I I could meet an alien tomorrow morning and then the next show is going to be that, obviously. Um, An alien could fly through the window right now while I'm doing this show and this show would not be the next show. 
because I would stop and have to, you know, hopefully live through the experience and then be able to tell you about it on the next show, which would uh, displace this show. So you get, you get the idea, right? This isn't like a fucking regularly programmed television show. So in the future, though, shows to come, Charlie Crabtree and I will be talking about all of the Star Wars that's happening. We got the Bad Batch right now. I, if, you, if you like Star Wars, you've probably seen the Mando Season 3 trailer by now. Very exciting. We'll be watching that. We'll be talking about Bad Batch. We'll be talking about Andor. We'll be talking about the fucking Fallen Order Jedi video game. A lot of Star Wars. So uh, thank you for the feedback on that episode. I'm glad that a lot of people enjoyed the the shtick of Charlie and I talking Star Wars. It's nice that Star Wars um, can have a positive effect on people's lives. For those people who enjoy Star Wars can be positively affected by Star Wars. It's It's a rare commodity sometimes. Usually people that love Star Wars, Star Wars makes their fucking life miserable. In many ways, uh, but there there has been a trend up in uh, Star Wars positivity online, even. And uh, so, again, thank you for the the nice comments about that. There's going to be a show about again 1945 encounter that'll come up soon, and also uh, going to take a going to take a detour from the aliens, but talk about something that is uh, unusual and. Uh, paranormal, if you will, do an episode about the Japanese suicide forest. Yes, very controversial, but uh, it's not going to be an episode about running around finding dead bodies in the forest. It's going to be about the uh, supposed mysticism of that place and its origins and and sort of what makes it such a dark Dagobah cave of our world. So until then, next episode, we we will talk soon. And uh, again, thank you for listening. Always. Really appreciate your time. We're in year number uh, eight of the podcast at this point. And it's incredible that, that anyone listens ever. And I really appreciate your time. I don't take it for granted. Honestly, I mean that. I, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic for a change. So thank you. Have a great uh, winter. Stay dry, stay warm, all that shit. Hope there's no more crazy storms. And uh, until we talk again, cue the hot chick. Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast.